What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 35 of the Sports Show with Ben and Dylan. We are here today in a absolutely loaded episode. Bit of a delay from your normal Wednesday pod, but here we are. It is Thursday. We are going to talk about World Series, uh, some some of the best NFL games from this weekend, the five best NFL games from this weekend, yes. and then uh, the Big Ten starts back up this week. Uh, so we are going to give our predictions for their eight-game schedule as well as the championship records for all 14 teams in the Big Ten. Um, yeah, we will get into this loaded episode in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor, Garden Greens, is the best lawn care service around. They help your garden stay clean. I messed up hard on that. Uh, yeah, so anyway... We will still be having our regular Friday episode t- tomorrow, uh, a decent college football slate, um, and obviously the NFL games. Um, in other news, the Big Ten starts back up, which I am excited for. Um, Wisconsin plays tomorrow. We will be previewing uh, Wisconsin and Illinois and a bunch of other teams later in the episode. But first, we'll start with um, the World Series. Now, the Rays and the Dodgers have played their first two games. The last two nights are off tomorrow before playing three straight games on Friday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, the Dodgers got off to a dominating win on on the, uh, Tuesday. And then the Rays got them back, led by some stellar pitching from Blake Snell yesterday. Uh, Kershaw, for the first time in his life, didn't lay an egg in the postseason. He actually looked great on um, Wednesday. But what we're here to do is uh, just give our predictions for the rest of the series and an explanation behind it. We'll also uh, solidify our uh, World Series MVP. So, yeah, so... We it's it's coincidental that our World Series champions or from our predictions episode a few months ago not a few months ago a month ago um, it's the same it's our two winners going at it uh, neither of us had the team that uh, we had them losing to in uh, it was inches away but inches as in yeah um, actually inches I didn't even think about that it's, it was like literally um, anyway. Uh, predictions for the rest of the series. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, so this is um, an interesting series. Game one uh, led by really stellar performance by the Dodgers on both sides of the ball. As you mentioned, Kershaw pitched really well. Uh, it was a bit of a pitcher's duel through three. No runs scored. And then in the bottom of the fourth inning, Cody Bellinger breaks the game open. Uh, with a two-run shot uh, to give the Dodgers the lead. Uh, the Dodgers would take from there home runs from Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts won the whole country at Taco from Taco Bell. Still based, still a Taco. Um, if at the conclusion of the World Series after Game Set or the day of Game Seven, I think 
Wednesday the 27th. If you go to Taco Bell, you will get a free Doritos Locos Tacos. I don't really know. Have you ever? I've never been to Taco Bell. I don't know if that's any good. So, uh, I, I congrats, shout out to Mookie Betts. Uh, I mean, I know the Doritos Locos Taco is like is sort of it's a it's a new it's a, not that new but it's an interesting product. It's like a Doritos taco shell and then just a taco. I've never been to Taco Bell as well. Yeah, um, you know. But maybe I'll have to snag some on whatever day Wednesday. Um. um anyway, uh, game two was last night. Uh, a terrific performance by Brandon Lau, uh, a home run in the first inning, and the, uh, a solo home run in the first inning, and then a two-run shot later in the game, a good performance by him. Uh, now let's move on. We will start game by game. Uh, who do you have in game three? Uh, interesting pitchers matchup, uh, probably like the the... I don't know. I guess two two solid pitchers for each of these teams, Charlie Morton and Walker Buehler. Uh, both have not been incredible this season, but uh, ironically, they were my two Cy Young picks uh, preseason. I, I found that funny. Uh, I think the Dodgers will win in Game 3. Okay. I've got the Rays in Game 3. Um, I think um, Charlie Morton clutches up, gets, his, gets the Rays uh, the win. Uh, and the Rays take the series lead 2-1. to one. Let's move on to game four. Julio Urias uh, is starting for the Dodgers. Some guy by the name I've never heard of is starting. Yarbrough. Uh, is starting for the Rays. Um, so that's an interesting pitching matchup. Uh, who you got in game four? I'm going to take the Dodgers in game four. Pitching... In this game, not elite. I mean, Urias was decent. No, he's good. He's good this season. Actually had him on my fantasy team. Shout out. Uh, we did not win, but still shout out uh, to anybody on my fantasy team. But anyway, uh, the pitching matchup I don't think is the highlight of this game. It's just the obvious two interesting teams. And I think the Dodgers will outduel the Rays once again to force elimination or to force an elimination game. Yeah, so... Um I think the Dodgers are the far, I think the Dodgers, maybe not far, but are the superior team talent-wise. They have better hitting, I think it's maybe far. better pitching. Mm. I think the the three-headed ace, if you will, of the uh, Rays with Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, and Glasnow um, could be better than the Dodgers rotation as but a But I mean whole. Kershaw. Uh, Kershaw, Bueller, I guess, could beat that out. Anyway, point being, I think the only way Rays, the Rays win games in this series is to have better pitching than the Dodgers and have, and I really think they basically only have a chance when they start one of their three aces. Um, so I'm going to take the Rays in game four, sorry, Dodgers in game four, tie it up uh, at two games a piece in the series. Um, let's move on to game five. Who are you taking in game five? So game five, interesting pitching matchup. Kershaw versus Glasnow, same as game one. Uh, we saw Kershaw completely outduel him. Now, uh, if we go back just to October, early October, I, 
I'm not good with dates. Um, whatever day it was where I said that Clayton Kershaw would be World Series MVP. Uh, it proceeds to look like Clayton Kershaw was going to be this team's fate, as he was not good in his... I don't even remember what game it was, but whatever game he started in the Braves series, it was terrible. Um, but I think he redeems himself, and I think the Dodgers, he wins two games a series, um, and the Dodgers take game five and take home the trophy. Okay. Um, I just said that I think the Rays can beat the Dodgers if they have better pitching. I think overall, Kershaw is the better pitcher. I think he had his one performance uh, of the World Series. I think he struggles in Game 5. I think Glasnow redeems himself, pitches a little bit better than he did in Game 1. Give me the raise to take the series lead 3-2. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think that's interesting how if the Rays pitching is at least somewhat on point, then they, I, I genuinely think if the Rays pitching is by a at least a margin, a sizable margin, better than the Dodgers pitching this series, and the Rays will take the series home. But the Dodgers pitching is still pretty good. And maybe you would even call it better than the Rays. So I just, I don't trust it. Uh, Dodgers take the home in five for me. And, I, and like I said, Clayton Kershaw will win um, the World Series MVP. All right, so. Now, now, logically, regardless, it probably ends up being Cody Bellinger. I just feel like it seems the most logical at this point with his great game one and Probably him, but I'll go Kershaw for the sake of going with the pitcher. Yeah. Okay. Uh, game six. Uh, I, the Rays are leading the series uh, three to two. Now, um, we the projected starters are uh, the same as game two. Yeah, I think. So. Wait, it, it's Gonsolin versus uh, Snell. Well, yeah. Or yeah, Snell. I think Snell tosses another gem in game six. The Rays take the series in six. Um, Brandon Lau is your World Series MVP. I think he hits a couple more homers and has some more good games uh, this series. Uh, give me the Rays in six, Brandon Lau. You were, I'm confused. You told uh, me right before the pod yeah, that you had the Dodgers. I, I did say in, six. <laughs> in our production meeting that um, I was taking the Dodgers in six. The more I think about it, I think it just seems like the Dodgers to look like the far superior team. People were calling for a sweep uh, in the first after the first game. I just think it seems like the Dodgers to do that in game one and then come out and just kind of choke. Uh, the rest of the way. I mean, you can't necessarily call the Dodgers playoff chokers, even if they lose the series, because, well, that comeback against the Braves was pretty clutch, and they were going to get absolutely flamed if they lose that series, um, especially if they lose it in five. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's still a somewhat successful, at least compared to other postseasons for the Dodgers. I mean... Is it really, though? They've made it to um, a lot of World World's Series over the last decade or so. Um, and I think they continue to to choke in the World Series. I think here we both agree they're the far superior team. Um, I think it's a, a choke. They dominated it, the 60-game schedule and then come out and get beaten six in the World Series. Uh, and, and probably should have lost that Braves series. Regardless of whether or not they came back, they were the favorites, so 
you know, it's it, you know, you you give them credit for for coming back, but really they were better than that Braves team. So I don't know. Uh, I think the Dodgers choke again, and I've got raisin six. Yeah, like my only thing with the Dodgers choking in the postseason. If we go back to let's say the 2014 season, they got outplayed by a pretty even Cardinals team. 2015 uh, probably got played, got outplayed by a team that. It was sort of fluky in the Mets. Um, yeah, I said it. it they were a bit fluky. Uh, if it wasn't for Daniel Murphy, they don't win that series. Uh, enough said. Uh, 2016, they just lost to that amazing Cubs team. 2017, they like you can't say they necessarily choked against the Astros because even though the Dodgers had a um, a better season, the Astros still very well were good, and the Red Sox were better than them. So. Um, Nationals list or was a choke. Anyway, uh, we're done with the World Series talk. But in other news, uh, not that we are going to go to the NFL. We're going to talk about college football. Uh, it has just been announced that uh, the whole, the whole, all five guys, Raiders offensive line, the whole offensive line, all five, all five guys, guys has COVID. Yeah. All five. Um, I'm actually at least somewhat surprised we haven't seen this yet. I think if there's one... I mean, it's a position group, I think. They're, like, all up against Right, they're all up against each other, right, in a position like offensive linemen. I'm actually surprised. I mean, if one of these, if one of the guys gets it, I mean, you're in constant contact with them. I'm not surprised it has not happened before, to be honest. Uh, So, yeah. Anyway, let's start off by talking about some of the NFL news that has come uh, out around about the last day or so relating to some wide receivers. Uh, first off, we have, um, the, we'll start with the, the secondary one. Uh, former Cowboys receiver. Star receiver, that is. Star receiver. Um, star receiver. Um, Des Bryant is expected to sign, or is expect yeah, is expected to sign with the Ravens on a practice squad deal. Thoughts on this, though? Uh, it's interesting to see Des Bryant on a practice squad. Uh, even though he's not, he's, he's a practice squad level player. Last time we saw him in the league, uh, he's, I don't know, I think this will be interesting, especially the Ravens who don't have anywhere near any elite receivers, not even really, like, above average receivers. A bunch of, I mean, I guess Hollywood Brown has the potential to be, but he's not yet, um, and he's not been what they wanted him to be so, yet. Um, I think this is potentially if Dez is better than the last time we've seen him play football, maybe he'll make an impact on the big boy roster, but maybe not. Uh, I just think it's interesting that uh, all these, not all of these, but another veteran um, is just returning out of absolutely nowhere. Yep, and now the other uh, piece of news uh, Antonio Brown has been drawing interest by multiple teams, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. Um, Seahawks considered the favorites. Um, Ravens were talked about uh, in there for a hot minute, but they uh, have said that they're out of it. So some unnamed other teams uh, from unnamed sources, according to Schefter, but I trust Schefter. Um, so, uh, I don't know, what, what do you think about this? Uh, 
Okay, I, I don't know who the teams are, so let's say the team is the Eagles. Let's just say. Or yeah. the Cowboys. One of those two teams. I actually think it's a smart or the decision Seahawks. for them. No, well, I'll get to the Seahawks. I think it's a smart decision for one of those teams because they're terrible. And they have they, they have both have decent chances at the playoffs, and they want to make a push. Uh, now, for the Seahawks, this would be one of the dumbest moves ever because this guy destroys team chemistry. We both know that. He, yeah. he absolutely, it's not cool what he's done in the past. Um, and I think it still might work out for a team that is trying to make a push, but the Seahawks thrive on chemistry, and they are 5-0. and They don't need a receiver. DK is playing like Antonio Brown or something, just a, like an elite receiver, and then Lockett's good, and there's no reason for the Seahawks to make a push at a prima donna. Do you agree? I would 100% agree. They don't need another weapon. Ross has expressed in the past that he w- that he would like AB as a potential target as a wide receiver. Um, however, I would agree with you. I don't think it makes a lot of sense for them to sign him other than to, frankly, please Ross. But other than that, no, it doesn't make any sense. You're rolling, you're 5-0. You have plenty of good weapons on offense. I don't think it makes any sense for them to sign them and potentially destroy the team coach. Uh, did you see that Ross said on, I think, Saturday that he thinks because of his worth ethic, DK will be the best receiver of all time. He will be yeah, as good as Jerry Rice by the time his career is over. Uh, bold, but he's I off mean, to a good start. He's I off mean, to a really good really start. That. I mean, the work ethic thing um, is something that we hear about all the time, and we on the outside can't really interpret that. But, I mean, if he has the work ethic of Rice, sure. I, I think the talent is there. I mean... I think the reason a lot of teams passed on him was because in the draft was because he was considered as pretty raw of a receiver, somebody that has the talent, has the potential, but really hasn't been developed into an NFL-level receiver. And he is really coming into his own this year. Russ is playing out of his mind, uh, so that has something to do with it. Yeah, uh, Metcalf has, um, has played phenomenal. The greatest receiver of all time? Yeah, I think, sure, there's a potential with that anytime you see somebody burst onto the scene like this and have that work th- work ethic that uh that every that they're talking about then sure maybe there's potential do i think he will be at this point in time no but i think there's potential uh that wraps up our nfl rumors talk let's move on to um let's move on to our five nfl games for the week uh we will start with our favorite team the Giants, who defeated the Washington football team uh, on Sunday. Um, so the best move was for them to tank. Honestly, coming from a Giants fan, the smartest thing was uh, to tank. But they're sort of in the race now. If they win tonight, they're actually in the race um, against the Eagles Thursday night. Uh, we will not be giving predictions because we don't give predictions on Thursdays through Mondays. Well, even okay. Anyway, big game tonight. Um, and if they win, they're in the race. But assuming they lose, they they won for no reason. Um, the football team elected to idiotically go. Well, no, maybe they're smart because they were trying to tank. Um, go for two point conversion. They clearly did not get it. Awesome uh, positives for the Giants game. Daniel Jones, as he he looked. Um, Fine, but he had one incredible run of 49 yards. Uh, Faked out everybody on the defensive line, including the cameraman. Including me. 
Not yeah. that I'm on the obviously faked out. It was super weird. I, I mean, yeah. It was a read option play. The whole defensive line thought Devontae Freeman was getting it. The cameraman thought Devontae Freeman was getting it. He focused it on... Scott Hansen and, thought Devontae Freeman was getting it. Yeah. Uh, and then they focused on Devontae Freeman only to realize that Daniel Jones was running down the field for 49 yards. Good play by Dimes. I like the creativity. That is something the Giants have lacked in the past. Uh, and I think we've seen a little bit more of that um, over the past week or two by offensive coordinator Jason Garrett. Read options, end arounds, pre-snap motion, stuff like that that you did not see with Pat Shermer. It was either quick slants, run it up the gut with Saquon, or take a play-action pass to Ingram into a double-team coverage. Yeah. Uh, or, or just try to throw the ball and let the offensive line completely collapse around you. Also, the defense actually looked good. Um, now, I mean, it was the football team, but the defense impressed me. Yeah, it looked like they it was a major choke job at the end of the game on the last drive, but luckily they they stepped up on the two-point conversion and stopped and it. they had a scoop and score by... Mr. Irrelevant, Tay Crowder, the last pick of the draft, coming up clutch for the Giants. Um, the game-winning scoop and score. Uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown. Uh, yeah, now for the player of the game, uh, who would you give it to? I think I'd give it to Dimes. How about you? Dimes probably deserves it, but he didn't look great, and there were some still questionable plays. I'll give it to Tay Crowder. Uh, why not? Ryan's a J Crowder. Uh See what I did there? Um, I, I feel like that was an impressive play, and it won us the game. Uh, take Crowder, player of the game. All right. Now, we can move on to uh, our next game of the week. Uh, the Steelers versus the Browns. Uh, this was a blowout from the start. The Steelers' defense was incredible in this game. Um, yeah, so... The Steelers blew them out. Baker Mayfield got benched for Case Keenum. Uh, not, like, permanently, but he's also sort of banged up. Um, yeah. And he came back later in the game. Um, anyway, uh, thoughts on this game, player of the game? Uh, thoughts? The Steelers' defense is incredible, um, and that's it. Just so good. Who's your player of the game? Um, so, I was considering James Washington because... Um, Someone who I expected to have a breakout season this year, and now he's been overshadowed by Claypool and Juju, even though Juju, but mostly Claypool, um, who's been great so far. Uh, but I think I'm going to give it to the Steelers' defense as a whole. If I was going to be more specific, I'd probably give it to Minka because he had to pick six early in the game. Yep. But I'll just give it to the Steelers' defense because it's an all-around dominant performance. I would um, 110% agree with that pick there. We can move on now to our next game of the week. Uh, the next game, an interesting game, nonetheless. I mean, it wasn't at first. The Ravens versus the Eagles. Um, the Ravens led huge early. I think it peaked at 30-6, to and then the collapse started. Or not 30-6, to sorry. 24-6, uh, to and then the collapse started. All of a sudden, the Eagles were within um, eight and had a few yards to go. Uh, touchdown was scored, and then I'm not. I guess you would call it a read option or something on uh, yeah. the two-point conversion. Carson Wentz and uh, the running back uh, 
both thought they were getting the ball, and it was super confusing. Um, and it turned out for a disaster of a play for a sack on a two-point conversion. It a loss of two yards. The Eagles lose the game. Um, so, uh, who's your player of the game? Uh... I'll give it to Lamar. He didn't like impress me as all as much as he ever did last. Like he he doesn't he hasn't looked great so far, but he's looked good enough, and uh, he really was the reason they did so well in this game. He had one incredible throw uh, in the beginning of the game where he scrambled through like 30 people and then tossed it to Nick Boyle for the touchdown. Uh, that was a cool play. Lamar is your player of the game, in my opinion. I would agree with that. Lamar, player of the game. Um leading this uh, Ravens team to a victory uh, over the uh, Eagles. Uh, yeah, so the next game, a good game. Oh, my God. Uh, the game of the week, in my opinion, uh, the Tennessee Titans against the Houston Texans. Now, uh, I said at some point, maybe it wasn't on air, but I said at some point that uh, the Texans would keep this game close. Um I'm pretty sure I gave a score prediction on the pod of 27 to 23. Um, not that we do score predictions. I, I was just saying it out of the blue. Um, and it was sure close. Uh, now, I have one instru- interesting scenario to talk about. Now, it's just this great scoring on both sides. But one thing I think that is worth talking about. Uh, so, the Texans scored a touchdown to go up. Um, to go up, what had they hit the extra point would have been eight with uh, like a minute left. And they elected to go to the two point conversion to uh, put the game away. Now the stats this year, it's 40% of the time that the two point conversion has been converted. Um, do you think this was the right decision to try and put the game away? I know they ended up losing the game, so hindsight's twenty twenty. it was the wrong decision. But in general, would you have made this decision? I think I would. You're struggling a little bit. You need to find some uh, some momentum. New head coach. Uh, I think you you know you you want to identify with winning. You want to try to win games, not not go for ties. Yeah, I, I think if I was the head coach, that that's the decision I would have made. Yeah, this is a game that matters. Like I feel like if I was in the tight end spot and right, divisional game. Yeah, if this was a game where like the Texans needed to get are sort of desperate and very desperate at this point, if the Texans got it and put that game away, that would have been a huge win for them in the division. Um and it would have probably kept them alive more. Uh now, that being said, they did not get it and then they lost in overtime. But uh now on the Titan side of things, I already know who the player of the game is Ryan. Oh, I didn't think about it. Uh too hard. Who's your player of the game? Derrick Henry. King Henry uh, was, as he was, anointed after the game by his teammates. They placed a make-believe crown atop his head. Um, yeah, give me Derrick Henry, player of the game. How are you? Um, I'm going to be honest. I think Ryan Tannehill's the player of the game. Uh, Derrick Henry had incredible stats, um, but I just feel like at the end of the day, it was Ryan Tannehill's team, and he was awesome down the stretch. They both were, but I think he was just slightly better. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is my player of the game. Alright, sounds good. Last game of the week, the Packers game. Uh, this is a an interesting game. I don't know how to feel about this game. It, it was another blowout. The Packers got off to a quick 10-0 lead. Aaron Rodgers threw a pick six, uh, threw another pick, and the rest was history. They lost 
38 to 10 for their first loss of the season. Does this really for, um, show how what the Packers really are? The Packers are actually a good team. Uh, I would still say so. It was one terrible performance uh, from them. Uh, the Bucks D honestly looks to be. I would say top five in the league so far. I'd say Steelers one, Bears two, Buccaneers three, in my opinion. Um, Buccaneers D has been good. Uh, it was impressive. Tom Brady looked pretty good. Um, Gronk scored his first touchdown in a Tampa uniform. His first touchdown since, I think, December 2018. December 9th, uh, actually, to be specific. Uh, good game for the Bucs all around. Uh, Ronald Jones had two touchdowns. He looked, yep. Uh Mike Evans did nothing, Chris Godwin did nothing, but uh, it was over basically uh, at halftime. Uh, so the Buccaneers won- dominated. Uh, that's basically all I have to say, except for uh, now we'll give the player of the game. Who are you giving it to? The Buccaneers defense showing out, uh, getting the, or shutting down what many thought was uh, a high powered offense. I still think it is a high powered offense yeah. in Green Bay. I think this game shows more about uh, the Buccaneers than it does about the Packers. I think we all knew the Packers were going to slip up at least a little bit at some point. That offense can't be terrific forever. Um, So, yeah, that's that's my take on the game. I think the Bucs played really well and showed that maybe, just maybe, it can be contenders in the NFC. Um, Yeah, I'll give it to Rojo. I just feel like he... Um, although they didn't really need him as he got, uh, I think, at least one of his touchdowns in garbage time. Uh, not yeah, only one of his touchdowns in garbage time, but still had a good game, carried the offense. Uh, Ronald Jones is my player of the game. Uh, that wraps up our NFL. Uh, we'll do, like, one, I guess we don't, this is kind of unnecessary, but, uh, do you have one, like, player of the week from all of those games that you would like to give it to? Yeah, uh, uh, so, just the five, or... Uh, or you, if you have like an overall one, we could do an overall because we're not doing like our all week teams this week. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to give it to Derrick Henry. How about you? Um, like really, really. I was well. thinking hard about this one. Uh, some honorable mentions. Uh, Julio, great game. Yep, I'm impressed. Back to back to uh, relevance. Um, good win for the Falcons overall. Yep. Uh, but I guess. To be honest, if I'm doing my top two players of the week, I think I'm going Derrick Henry 2 and Ryan Tannehill 1. To be honest, I, I just feel like Ryan Tannehill had a great game. Uh, I'll give him the player of the week. All right. Now, let's talk some Big Ten football. Um, we will start in the Big Ten East and move through both divisions, giving records for every team, and then eventually getting to our prediction for the championship game. Uh, so we'll start with the Big Ten East, like you said. Uh, as you guys should know, I'm a Wisconsin fan. Okay, um, we'll start in last place in the Big Ten East. Um, who do you have in last place? Yeah, in last place, I have Rutgers going 0-8. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think this is a given that they're going to finish last. Maybe not 0-8, but uh, they have 
a horror, typical Big Ten East schedule. Uh, the games they get from the West are, or the teams are Illinois and Purdue. So not the hardest two games, but when you still are combining that with Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Indiana, Maryland, a tough schedule. And I think Maryland is really the only game that they have a real shot at. Yeah, uh, and that leads me into the team I have in sixth place, none other than the Maryland Tarpons. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think he said that right, but... No, definitely didn't. It's, it's Terrapins. Terrapins. Uh, close enough. And uh, the, 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 the second letter vowel. Who do you got? Uh, or what do you I've have? Got, I've study? got Maryland going 1-7 and their only win to Rutgers. Neither of these teams are really good, being Maryland and Rutgers. Uh, who do you have in 6th place? I have Maryland going 2-6 and six in 6th six place. Uh... I have their two wins coming against Rutgers and Indiana. Uh, I think Indiana's a lot better than them, but I just felt like having them go 1-7 isn't the most realistic thing. Uh, so their season last year got started off with a win, uh, a 79 nothing win against Howard, and then a win against Syracuse, 63-20. Uh, to We thought this team was for real. Uh, then they only won one out of their last ten. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maryland, I don't have high expectations for them, uh, and I don't expect them to be any good. Uh, they will lose the games they're supposed to lose. Uh, they will win against Rutgers, and I think they'll steal one against Indiana, so I have them at 2-6. and six. Uh, Now for 5th place. Yeah, at 5th place uh, in the Big Ten East, I have Indiana. Uh, Indiana has, like you said, typical or typical Big East schedule, pretty hard. I just don't see them consistently beating Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, um, if any of Michigan State, right? Uh, they have and Wisconsin and Purdue. Uh, I have Indiana at 3-5 and five this year. Uh, so I have Indiana in fifth place as well at 3-5. and five. Their wins coming against uh, Purdue and Rutgers and... Um, and I guess I have them at 2-6. and six. That doesn't make sense. I had them at 3-5. and five. Uh, Anyway, Indiana... Uh, three and five. I just think it's it's. I think Indiana probably is the fourth most talented team in the Big Ten East. I sort of think they're better than um, Michigan State, but they have the extra game against Wisconsin, so that's not good. Um, we can move on to fourth place, where I can probably guess who you're gonna have. Would you like to guess? Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State. Um, I have Michigan State going five and three this year. How about you? Uh, I've been going four and four uh, in fourth place. I don't think Michigan State's good whatsoever, but I just feel like um, they are, they're okay. Uh, I have them getting wins, or sorry, I had Indiana getting their third win against Michigan State. I have Michigan State's winning wins coming against Rutgers, uh, Maryland, Northwestern, and, um, and I actually have them stealing one against Michigan. Cold, I know. Um, yeah, I don't think Michigan State's going to be great. Uh, I just like their way, the way their schedule sets up a bit more than Indiana's schedule. Okay. Um, now, who do you have in third place? So, in third place, I have a team that has a tough schedule from the start. Michigan, I've been going 5-3. and three. Um, I'm not going to say who I have Michigan beating uh, because that'll kind of spoil. Actually, no, I'll say it. it's going to spoil the pot a bit. Uh, I have been beating Minnesota on tomorrow, or on Saturday. I'll say that tomorrow as well. Um, I have them losing to Michigan State and Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, I have Michigan at five and three. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I have uh, two teams tied for second place, or I guess tied for third place, however you want to say it. Uh, I have five tiebreakers. Penn State in this position. Penn State goes six and two. Uh, so you have Penn State losing to Michigan and Ohio State. Yep. And you have Michigan losing to Ohio State and Minnesota or Wisconsin. Minnesota. Okay. Uh, give them a sense. Uh, yeah, I feel like I I don't like Michigan. I don't feel like Michigan is going to be as good as Penn State. Uh, but okay, that's fair. Um, so I gave my three and two or tied for two. Uh, you want to give your two now? Everybody uh, probably yeah. knows who your top two is. Penn State, number two. I have Penn State going six and two. Uh, I think they'll beat Michigan. I think they'll beat basically everyone, obviously, that they play. Uh, but I have their losses coming against, obviously, Ohio State. And um, in a bit, no, in an actual upset, I would say, I think they will get uh, slightly stunned by, um, by Iowa. I feel like Iowa is a team that hangs with them every year. They seem to never beat them in the James Franklin era. Um, actually, they've never beaten them in the James Franklin era, or at least in their success era. Um, but I think Iowa will get the win. So Penn State goes in second at 6-2. and two. Um, Now, first place, uh, this is probably a given. Uh, Ohio State, 8-0. Yep, All right. Now we can move on to big to the Big Ten West. We'll follow the same format. In last place, who you got? Uh, in last place, I have, not without a doubt, um, actually really not without a doubt, but I had to think about it. There's a few teams, probably Northwestern, Illinois, Nebraska, Purdue, one of those teams. I went with Illinois. I felt like Illinois is a team that they had success. They made their first bowl game in a while last year. Uh but they still weren't impressive, to say the least. Uh, they never beat Northwestern, regardless of the year. I think Illinois is in last year at 2-6. and six. Yeah, I would uh, completely agree with that. Um, I also have Purdue uh, at 2-6 and six as well, so they tie for last place. In the Big Ten West, who do you have in sixth place? Uh, in sixth place, I have Nebraska. Uh, to be honest, Nebraska... Uh, came into the Scott Frost era with expectations. They were started the season ranked last year and just weren't good. They didn't. They went five and seven, missed the bowl game. Uh, I think Nebraska finishes in second to last year, going three and five. Uh, not impressive whatsoever. Okay. Uh, now we can move on to uh, who we have in fifth place. I've got Nebraska at three and five. How about you? Um. In. Fifth place, I have Northwestern at three and five. I don't think Northwestern is too good of a team, but I think they will beat Nebraska and finish in fifth. Uh, so it's probably a given who we're going to have in fourth because it's pretty clear who the three best teams are in this conference. Uh, I assume this means you have Nebraska at four, or sorry, Northwestern at four, and I have Purdue at four. Yeah, at uh, four, I have Northwestern at four and four. I actually think Purdue will win games this year. I think they'll beat Illinois. I think they'll beat Northwestern, maybe Nebraska. I have them at 3-5. and five. It's, a, it's a three-way tie, but I have them beating Nebraska and Northwestern, so that's my reasoning there. I don't think there's real too much of a separation between those three teams, but uh, I'll give it to Purdue to finish at the top of those guys in the end. Okay. Um, now... Who do you have? Who do you have in third? 
Uh, so this is interesting. Uh, there is an interesting group of teams, I would say. Wisconsin, obviously, they're probably the favorite, but they could very well finish in third. Minnesota, probably the second team uh, in contention, I would, I would say. It's close, but I would give it to Minnesota for that one. And then Iowa, who uh, is consistently good and I, I don't think there's like they have like a standout attribute that's going to make them like good this year but I just think they're always solid so um, they will always be solid uh, but in, in third place I'm going to go with Minnesota okay um I feel like Minnesota is a good team but not a great team I just feel like Minnesota isn't going to break out. I wouldn't compare them to Nebraska because I have them going five and three, but I, I would sort of compare them to Nebraska, even though, like I already said, I've been losing uh, on Michi or to Michigan on Saturday. Their game with Wisconsin will still be big. Um, yeah, I, I have their losses coming against Wisconsin and Iowa and, um, and Michigan. Uh, yeah, for you, who do you have in third? In third place, I have Iowa uh, coming, or, I have, I have a tie, but, uh, I have Iowa at 6-2, and two. uh, then we, will, we can move on to second place, I have Minnesota, uh, at, at 6-2, and two. uh, who do you have in second place? I have Iowa, um, yeah. I feel like Iowa's going to be good this year, I have them at 6-2, and two. Uh, I have those losses coming to Michigan State, and, uh, to Wisconsin, I feel like this will be an interesting um, Big Ten West race, but in the end of the day, or at the end of the day, it'll be who it always is, or at least it has been multiple times since the Big Ten West and East were originated in 2014. Um, I will give more of a explanation on, or no, I, I can do it now. Wisconsin, my favorite team. Um, I feel like Wisconsin will be good this year. The only concern is obviously they're without Jonathan Taylor, who basically carried them through uh, offensively for three years. And then on the defense, they have um, they had they had Zach Bond and Chris Orr, two Big Ten All Americans, and they're both gone. Um, they both went to the NFL. They also uh, deserve best receiver in a while, and Quintus Cephas to the draft. Uh, Jack Cohn, their quarterback, is hurt. But nonetheless, they'll still have a great offensive line. Uh, Garrett Groshek starts as the starting running back, but I expect uh, Nikita Watson to take over for him. Uh, they still have two solid receivers in Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor. Um, and I think this team will be decent. I think Graham Mertz, five-star quarterback, who is a redshirt freshman, uh, will have a good year. And because of that, I've been going 7-1 and one, uh, with their only loss coming to Michigan in the big house. Okay. Um, I think Wisconsin is going to be good as well. Uh, I completely agree with everything you said. I have Wisconsin coming in first place at 7-1. Okay, uh, yeah, so the Big Ten Championship game, Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin. For both of us. Yeah, uh, who do you have winning this game? Yeah, alright, so, um, I have, uh, Wisconsin winning a close one. 24-23 game-winning field goal. Upstead probably will be the heavy, heavily favored Ohio State. I think Wisconsin gets the win and probably gets a spot at this point in the college football playoffs. Do you have Ohio State also getting a spot though? Because like they they were undefeated. 
Um. Yeah. I, I I want to say Wisconsin wins this game, but I'm gonna go Ohio State. Wisconsin doesn't win big games. It's story of my life. Uh, that being said, I think it's very possible that with the seven and one record and team just not being good this year, uh, I think it's possible that it comes from Georgia or Florida or Penn State. Uh, one of those teams, but I think if Wisconsin, I don't think anyone from the Pac-12, like Oregon's going to be too good. I think it's Bama, I think it's Clemson, I think it's Ohio State, and then the Big 12's out of it. I think it's very possible that if Wisconsin puts up a really good showing, and let's say they even lose 24-23, to 23, they could get that fourth spot. The All-State Playoff Predictor currently has them at the fifth best odds to make the playoff behind uh, the obvious three in Georgia. Um... So you have Wisconsin making it into the college football playoff. Colin Larsh Larsh is now loved um, around the world by Wisconsin fans, kicking the game-winning field goal. What's funny is Colin Larsh isn't even the starting kicker, but he sort of is. So there was this guy, I can't think of his name, who's the actual kicker. And then him, he though... Although he's not even the starting kicker, he does, like, long field goals. And last year, he had a 60-yard field goal. Just randomly. I, he, he's the clutch gene, clearly. Now it's in a pointless game against Purdue, but still, uh, clutch. Yeah, uh, now, I, don't, I, I doubt you prepared this, but um, for my, I just did a Big Ten Offensive Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I don't know if you did prepare this. Uh, offense, I just had Justin Fields and yeah. Michael Parsons. Not too hard. Yeah, I think I would agree with both of those if I were to prepare ones. I mean, you think about it, it's rather simple. If the star quarterback, who's um, one of the Heisman favorites uh, at this point, if he leads his team to an 8-0 record and a win in the Big Ten East, I don't see why he wouldn't uh, get the uh, Big Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. And then uh, Micah Parsons oh. for the... Defensive player of the year. I think that makes plenty sense. I think we we have talked about both on this podcast and personally about the Giants potentially taking Mike Parsons. Or even Fields. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if they're going to take a quarterback, they would have to be in a position to take Trevor Lawrence. But we'll see. Um, yeah, I think I would go Micah Parsons, uh, potential playmaker on the Giants defense, as we have talked about. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that wraps up this podcast, this episode. Um, go Badgers. We will talk more about both of college football and the NFL tomorrow. Um, we'll have predictions for five games, um, or, or four games. We only prepared four. Uh, well, yeah. That wraps up uh, this episode, and I talk to you guys next time.